the reason that Alvin and the Chipmunks wear those long ass shirts is because they got huge dicks that they're trying to cover up. <laughs> I mean, the shirts go all the way to the ground, so that's a big. What dick. are they hiding? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, dead and lovely <laughs> listeners, to the newest installment of your absolute favorite horror movie podcast in this multiverse and the next, why it's dead and lovely, here with the host with the most, Uncle Ben. And me, Hollywood Steve. And we're here this week to be talking about The Lodge, and if you're in a hurry to get to the movie review, just look in the, uh, the, the Episode podcast description, description yep. there, and you'll find when we actually start talking about it, because before we get there, we got a lot of catching up to do and talking about what we've been doing and all that kind of shit. So Hell yeah. Sit back, get you a cold beer, and relax, and join the ride. I'm just going to crack me open a seltzer water. Oh, shit. You're seltzing over there? Yeah. What's your seltzer of choice? What are you rocking there? Why, this is a Kroger brand seltzer water. <laughs> Dude, Kroger quality. brand fucks. Yeah. Kroger brand fucks. It's like, got, that should it, totally be their slogan. Kroger absolutely, brand Absolutely, because when you get a LaCroix uh, seltzer water, yeah. It loses the bubbles in like 10 seconds. Mm. It doesn't seem to stay very fizzy much. I've no. noticed the Kroger ones are mad fizzy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Kroger, Seltzer, and Polar. That's a good one. Love me a Polar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah, we kind of blew it. Usually we do some beers and stuff here on the show, but totally, totally forgot that we're out of buddy beers, like mutual beers that we both have buddy beers as yeah. they're known uh we do we do have some waiting for us and and we'll get back we on do. them but uh yeah we we don't have one for this week but ben's drinking on a delicious beer as far mm-hmm. as i heard mm-hmm. that's right i'm sipping on a big old main beer company lunch ipa i've talked about that on the show before we've had one here on the show before yeah it's awesome and it is it is yeah. a delight anything by main beer company is absolutely fantastic mm. especially if you could find that that dinner ipa yeah you know steve there's been a lot of bad news in the world here lately as we all are aware of of course the right. entire world is on fire mm-hmm. but i do have a bit of good news for you here because something great happened to me yesterday what happened to you yesterday i found through the, the help of a fan that sent me this list that i have landed myself on a list mm-hmm of traitors to America. <laughs> Good. Awesome. Wonderful. For speaking up about my support of the Black Lives Matter movement. <laughs> uh, th- there's apparently some, I guess, shit heel called One Angry Gamer. Okay. That runs a site and stuff like this. Uh-huh. And he put together this ginormous list of like various <laughs> celebrities, uh-huh. YouTubers, uh, bands, artists, actors, whatever, that have shown their support of the Black Lives Matter movement, and he has labeled them American traitors, and I uh, apparently am one myself. The way I see it, Steve, if you are called a traitor (laughs) by a racist or a fascist or whatever, if you find yourself being the enemy of a racist or an idiot of any kind, that means you're living your life right. Yeah, you're living your best life. That's right. Uh, yeah. I mean, what, what was his, what was the name again? One Angry Gamer. Oh, One Angry Gamer. Uh, fuck you. Uh, defund the police. <laughs> Black Lives Matter. Asshole. Who he gives shit. a shit? <laughs> yeah, go fuck About yourself, your stupid baby. list. Why don't you Grover Norquist go jerk off over your lists? <laughs> so that was my, like, bright and shiny news of the week. I'm like, cool. Morons don't like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a positive, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. How have you been this week, Steve? Uh, Great. I've been doing good, man. I just uh, d- 
just finished uh, a, a new phase of workout where I was I was doing like basically total body workout for oh. four days a week and and trying to just go to uh, absolute exhaustion and it was fun I enjoyed it damn dude yeah. sounds intense man you still making them gains <laughs> uh I probably a little bit it's you know without weights is a problem you know what I'll tell you this Ben resistance tubes I don't have the I don't have those actual just like bands i have the resistance tubes that have like the the handles on them hmm okay have you I've seen, not seen a tube oh, okay. we've got the we've got the bands it's what you're yeah. describing it's like a it's like a flashlight right yeah the resistance yeah. tube right a resistance tube well no i, I mean it's the same thing as a band <laughs> it's just a tube uh but okay. it, it uh i've had more injuries with these resistance tubes than i ever oh, no. ever had with weights I've I've had a bruise on the top of my foot the other day, like because like, uh, I don't know. It's like the, it doesn't feel natural to me. Some of the motions, hmm. and mm -hmm. you end up like, it, it almost feels like the tubes are lifting you. Oh, look out! Anyway, <laughs> so I got a bruise <laughs> on my thumb. Anyway, I I've been getting injured left and right with these damn tubes. But yeah, no, awesome. I'm, I'm swole. Oh, yeah. I can hear it in your voice. Mm -hmm. Swole. Hey. <laughs> Dude, I've had myself a pretty damn good week, too. In my in my downtime, I've been enjoying our brand new Nintendo Switch ah, that Kate yeah. and I bought ourselves for our, our anniversary, which is a couple weeks ago. My, uh, my good buddy Brian J. Music happened to sell me his. Big thanks to Brian. Thank you so much. Is he related to Lorenzo Music? Yeah, that's Lorenzo Music's father. Holy shit. Thanks, Brian. Kevin McAllister, the <laughs> father. <laughs> hey, tell me you're the father. That's immediately what I think. Yeah, of. obviously. <laughs> that's normal, right? Uh -huh. Pretty sure that's normal. Definitely. So since we got it, we've been playing all the hot titles, and I have been feeling like a completely oblivious, clueless old man because I haven't bought a new system since PS3. And when I bought mm -hmm. my PS3, it had already been out for a couple of years. Right. And so like, as I was getting this Nintendo Switch, I'm realizing now like what a fucking dumb, idiot, <laughs> out-of-touch old man I sounded like as I was asking around because I was like, I don't want like the Game Boy one. I want the console I can play on my television. <laughs> People were like, oh, 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 old man. <laughs> yeah, because I, did, I seriously just didn't know. understand how it worked. I didn't get how it worked. It's like the system is the handheld device mm -hmm. and then you put it in this little dock and then you see it on the TV. Yep. I didn't fucking understand this. <laughs> Kate was trying to explain it to me. Other people are like, it, it's it's the console. Yes, old man. And I'm like, okay, great. This Do I have I to need. blow into the games? Does it come with those cables that have the white the white plug and the <laughs> yeah. red plug, the RCA cables? Does yeah. it come with those? Sure. Do I hook it into my rabbit ears? Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Dude, I it just felt like such a fucking moron. And then like the other day, we went um, we went into Target. We we braved Target. Uh -huh. The first time I've been into like a retail store in fucking ever. We went in there to try to find like an extra controller because we only have like one, you know, set of the Joy-Con controllers right. with it. And I'm looking at like all the controllers and stuff, and I'm like, I don't know who makes the good you know, second party peripherals anymore. I don't know who makes them. Because like I'm looking at the the name brands on all of them and I'm like, I've never even heard of this company. What is this controller? Who you, made it? Did you ask a Google? 
Dude, I did, but I was about to ask the fucking eight-year-old that was on the aisle next to me, like, hey, Sonny boy, who makes a good controller these days? I'll pay you a nickel. Don't spend it all in one place. <laughs> Get you an egg cream down at the soda fountain for your, for your troubles, young man. Kids love egg creams, though. I mean, you gotta, <laughs> gotta admit it. That's the hot item among mm -hmm. all the kids now. We all know that. <laughs> Yeah, so I did. I Googled it and stuff, and I was like, okay, apparently it's a reliable, good controller to buy or whatever. But yeah, I'm just clueless as absolute fuck about all this stuff. But I'm enjoying the hell out of just playing some games. Oh, my God, dude. Like, we yeah. got the obvious ones. We got um, Mario Kart, which is amazing. Uh -huh. We got uh, Mario Party, Zelda Breath of the Wild, Mario Great. Odyssey. Uh, and, and again, like, just to, to further put things into, holy shit, what age am I in now? When I say we bought them, I didn't mean I went out and bought a cartridge <laughs> in a box that came with an instruction manual. I downloaded it from the air. <laughs> from the ether. <laughs> from the very heavens themselves. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so strange, man, because like I'm thinking, try to explain to me back when I was like eight year old eight years old, like blowing into NES cartridges. Right. That like you're gonna have this thing called PayPal. That's money that you've never seen before. It's just a digital number in a savings <laughs> account, essentially. You're going to use that to download games from the ether. <laughs> like, just try explaining that. Yeah. So, yeah, fucking absolutely. awesome. But, the, dude, the one I've been totally hooked on and just been playing obsessively as much as I can is fucking Hollow Knight. Have you played this? I haven't played it. I have seen it, and it looks great, and uh, I would enjoy it, I'm sure. Dude, it is so fucking rad. It is a 2D side-scroller mm -hmm. Metroidvania type yeah. game. Uh, light RPG elements like Castlevania right. and stuff. It's got this super gloomy, beautiful art style and soundtrack. So it's right up and, your alley. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's also like 8-bit, 16-bit hard, too, where mm -hmm. it's like you're not going to breeze through it. Right. Like you're going to die a bunch of times mm -hmm. fighting these bosses. And then it doesn't take you right back to the start of that boss room. It takes you to your last save point. Mm -hmm wherever that might have been, the game is not friendly to you. It's just right. like, watch, learn, don't fuck up. If you do fuck up, don't do it next time. It's totally old school gaming style. Oh, if you want. Uh, it's, it's not a new game or anything like that. Like I think it's a couple of years old, but yeah, I'm it fucking is. loving it. If you want uh, difficulty like that, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, Cuphead, I think, is on Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I'm dying That's to play that because the art style and that looks dope yeah, too. Yeah, I I don't think Dark Souls is on Switch. I'm not positive on that, but if Dark Souls is, is on, is it? Dark I'm Souls. Pretty sure it is. Oh my gosh, love those games. They're awesome and they are so hard. Those games are basically like from beginning to end. Like fuck you, figure it out. <laughs> That's what I've heard. Yeah. I mean, are they really like like Ninja Gaiden two hard? Oh yeah. Yeah, way more oh difficult. My God. Yeah, like Dark Ugh. Souls. Yeah, because you're dealing with you know 3D fighting and stuff and having to parry and things. Like once you get it, you get better at it. But of course, the game gets more difficult as you're you're getting it. I I really love those games though. They're they're very nice. Fun. Also, just realized I slipped back into like eight year old Ben that said Ninja Gaiden and not Ninja Gaiden. Oh right. So, uh -huh. Yeah. Correction. Back when we didn't know how to like you just read it. Like Nintendo Power would have it written down. It's not like anybody yeah, said right. it. Uh, uh, ninja gay den. It's a gay. It's a den of gay ninjas. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Game kicks ass though. Mm -hmm. It does for <laughs> sure. 
But yeah, it's been a blast just relaxing and playing some video games and stuff. So if anybody's got some suggestions for me on some other games I need to check out, let me know. Especially if they're kind of in that old school vein like Hollow Knight is. Yeah. It's, it's been a blast, man. That's awesome. I Yeah, I, I've been uh, like I ordered an Xbox One or at least thought I did. I found an Xbox One on sale. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought I put through the order and the next day I'm like, what, you know, what's going on with the order? And I look and apparently I guess it had sold out as I had gone to checkout. So the order didn't no. process Oh. and I wasn't drunk anymore. So I was like, I should probably not buy a gaming console. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Drunk Steve seems to make some fun decisions. He does. So. He knows what's up. He's like, this will be fun. And then sober Steve's like still got to make that other podcast of yours remember that one <laughs> dude i keep doing this to myself oh well, let me go ahead and do this to myself um in between seasons on legacy of brutality my history of horror cinema podcast go check it out That's if you right. haven't already oh uh, i have it's good it's, it's it's fun uh in between seasons i'm gonna do review episodes i'm gonna have guests uh i imagine Ooh. uh young ben eller might be a guest uh, you know i know a way he to might. get in touch with he him might. Uh, maybe Davy Stranger wants to be on an episode. I don't oh, know. damn. That'd be fun. <laughs> I could get in touch with the strange the one strange himself. One. See what's yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, I, I know Grayson Marcotte's going to be on there of the, the oh, Sleeping sick. Giant podcast. So I, I'm going to have, I'm going to have some guests do some review episodes of, of some of the movies I've been talking about throughout this, this first season. And, uh, I, I guess I'm doing that just to make myself have even more to do. Work, 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 work. <laughs> Actually, in my head, that now equates to this song that's on one of these workout videos that we do on YouTube. Okay. I, I don't even fucking know who the song is by or if it's popular because I'm old and it's not my world anymore. Right. <laughs> but yeah, while she's doing these brutal exercises, the song is like, all I do is work, work, no sleep, repeat. All I do is work, work. Yeah, it's great. Killer song. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> I, I totally so agree right with now. its message as well. Ooh. Yeah, I can relate, though, is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> what else have you been doing this week? Watch anything good? Yes, sir. I watched Fargo Season 3. Fargo, very nice. Yeah, I've talked in the past about how great Fargo is, how much oh, I yeah. love Noah Hawley, who also did Legion and is just in general very creative and interesting i love fargo mm -hmm. season three so fun really ewan mcgregor playing twins oh is just so delightful like that i can imagine because he he's i love ewan mcgregor i think he's great oh, dude. he's specifically yeah, he's awesome. great in this yeah total man crush territory for sure yeah yeah, so I, I highly suggest, if you haven't seen Fargo at all, like, go watch the Fargo show. If you thought, like, oh, it'll be a bad adaptation of the movie. No, it's a fucking amazing adaptation of the spirit of the movie. It's essentially just... Yeah, that's just, what I've heard from yeah, a lot of people. Like, cause it's not stepping on any toes with the movie. It's, it's just set in this really ridiculous, silly sort of world that fargo is expanding the universe yeah. kind of a uh, kind of in the style of the mandalorian or something yeah or what we do in the shadows which is uh killing it also great show also on fx fx is killing it with the shows fx fucks that should be the slogan yes <laughs> fx fucks and it should just be like a u that jumps in between the f and the x yeah so it's Boom. like f u x <laughs> fx 
fucks. <laughs> I'd love That's that. That's awesome. Dude, I've had time to watch a couple of things this week that have been delighting me. So one being the the only Band-Aid on 2020 so far, mm-hmm. which is the new season of Queer Eye. Okay. I I, uh, I heard that Jonathan Van Ness on Comedy Bang Bang a couple weeks ago talking was about Was he a delight? It. Was he a treasure? Of course he was. Of course. Mm-hmm. And the line is getting just blurred further and further where I'm like, I really don't know if I am the straight Jonathan Van Ness or if he is the gay Ben. I don't know yeah, where one stops and the other one begins. It's true. I just don't know. <laughs> it's seriously been just like exactly what we all need in 2020, though. It's like yeah. the only thing that has just been like... Here's happy, fun, good stuff of people helping other people make their lives better and just have some fun for a second. Yeah. It's a joy. If it you're looking for joy. something to perk you up, I say dive head first into that. Uh, you're especially going to need that if you watch the other thing that we watched last what night. What it was. Uh, Kate has decided to start a tradition around the house of Mondays, which is on Mondays okay. we watch a documentary. I'm with that. Probably not a bad idea. I no. might learn something. Might find out about some things, you know. Um, the Netflix has a documentary on there called 13th. Oh, okay. Ava DuVernay? Uh, I have no idea. Think, what what did you say there? What Ava was that? DuVernay? I think I, I think I had one of those for lunch yesterday. <laughs> you, 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 <laughs> ate, you ate an entire woman? <laughs> that, that must have been a filling lunch. <laughs> I had a light breakfast. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But yeah, yeah, I believe that was Ava DuVernay. I'm not, I'm not positive. Okay, but. man, it is a, uh, it is a harrowing look at the at the prison system and how the Thirteenth Amendment. Up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh man, I mean, it's not exactly going to be a fun watch for everybody, but you need it's to, an important you need to watch know if you man. don't already know that the Thirteenth Amendment is uh, some straight up bullshit. Yeah. 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 I didn't, I didn't realize that. There's mm-hmm. so many things in here that I didn't realize, and. Yeah. It kind of does this whole timeline of the entire American, you know, yeah. prison system and how numbers have just like quadrupled in a matter of like five years and just yeah. all kinds of crazy shit, and how it is specifically set up just uh, to, to re-enslave black people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I'll I'll tell you this too, man. It's like, uh, well, I know we get in hot water all the time for being too political yeah, on whatever. our show and stuff. <laughs> this is really very unbiased. I mean, it, it shows you mm. through the ages of America where, like, it's been Republicans used specifically for that purpose. Yeah. Oh yeah, by both parties. Yep, it's like Republicans parties. have mm-hmm. signed horrible stuff into action. Democrats have signed horrible stuff yep. into action. Corporations have a gigantic mm-hmm. hand in all this stuff. Yep. Free it's, labor. It's pretty unbiased. So so don't really feel like you're going into this watching like a propaganda thing. I think that it's pretty neutral. Yeah. And it, harrowing, man. It's something that uh, uh, when Kanye was having his Trump thing, it's one of the things he was talking about was uh, what an atrocity the 13th Amendment was. And uh, mm. I remember having to step in a few times when hearing people talk about it and be like, do you know anything about the 13th Amendment? Because despite the fact that he is saying MAGA and all that bullshit, he's right about the 13th Amendment. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't just dismiss him because he's having a bipolar episode. He's talking about yeah. something that is serious and, and he means it. Uh, yeah, that, that, it, it's, it's fucked up. It's, it's entirely fucked up. It is, it is exactly what they mean when they say systemic racism. It is yeah. ingrained in the system. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it's eye opening. It's definitely worth a watch. And it's also put together really, really, really well. It's one of those things that you will be yeah, you know, hooked and entertained, and it passes the phone test. You'll definitely yeah. not be getting bored during this because it it moves around very quickly. It won some awards, didn't it? I was pretty sh- I was pretty no sure. No idea. If it didn't, it should. Yeah, <laughs> I think at least it was nominated. I remember hearing a good bit about it, but I, I mm-hmm. did not watch it. So I, I will check that out. Yeah, I definitely do. Also, watch something that was a good bit of fun. Also, a little ebony and ivory working together. We okay. watched see no evil, hear no evil. Oh yes, With Richard Pryor. Richard and, Pryor, uh, Gene love Wilder. Yeah, Gene Wilder. I I love Richard Pryor. I grew up on Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor stand up because yeah, that, my my grandfather and my mom, my dad, brother, everybody in my family just adored their stand up. So even as a little kid, remember hearing their stand up, which is filthy. <laughs> but I remember watching this movie with my grandfather see no evil hear no evil and him just like dying laughing the entire time it's so funny yeah i had never seen it before dude it's i mean it's not like it's not one that uh, you ever see on lists or anything of like funniest movies from the 80s but i think it's 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 still funny right i mean uh, the jokes are the jokes are race-based and still fit in a lot of ways yeah Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all of that stuff has aged very well. There's there's some stuff in there. There's some some humor with the ladies that hasn't exactly yeah. well that's aged very well. That's always the case in an '80s movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much the case. But if you can if you can look past that, you'll have yourself yeah. a good time watching that one. It was uh it was definitely a lot of fun, man. Do you guys get, do a little uh, streaming, streaming chat? chat action? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, man. What'd you get up to? Uh, so the first movie they showed was Mayhem from uh like 2017 or something i only know the black metal band mayhem i'm not familiar (laughs) with the movie uh it basically it's a sort of rage virus thing that lasts 24 hours and basically the premise is if if you've got it then you're immune from being prosecuted for killing people okay and it's set in uh in an office building full of workers who hate each other so <laughs> it's a bunch that sounds pretty awesome yeah. actually it, it's 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 got a great setup and it's got some really good moments i think it was slow but it's definitely got some good moments and it's got um uh steven young from walking dead and oh shit uh from ready or not and the babysitter uh samara weaving Oh, Jesus. So this is yeah. a newer movie. Yeah. Yeah. It just came out a few years ago. And, uh, nice. It, yeah. It was, it was fun, honestly. Like, it, it's not, uh, it's not the best horror movie, but it's also not the worst for sure. And then they showed Tetsuo the Iron Man. Oh, my God. It's so funny you mentioned that. I was just talking to our good buddy, Brandon Suttles. Uh huh the other day and he was like dude have you guys ever done tetsuo on the show and i was like no i've never seen it and he was like it's the most nuts movie of all time it's not one we should do on the show anytime soon it's i mean one it's not like it's popular two it's weird but not like good okay (laughs) Like, (laughs) like it's like it's weird in a like i guess it has it's extremely influential if you ever saw a music video in the 90s for an alternative or metal song i did i've seen a few it was probably inspired by tetsuo because the director was like yeah nobody's ever seen this so i'll just rip that off 
And oh shit, really? Yeah, there's so much stuff in there. If you, it's worth a watch for sure. I just don't like here's the thing. Joe Bob Briggs, who has something to say a lot about everything all the time, uh, and has a real deep knowledge of horror movies, in between when he would come to talk about it, he'd just be like, I, I don't know. I got nothing. So I don't even know how it would be a podcast episode. Two guys going like, ah, you so got to see weird, it right? to believe it. <laughs> Could you give me a brief plot summary without spoiling anything? Like, what is oh, the, the premise of the movie? God, uh, a, ma- <laughs> a man starts absorbing, or I guess absorbing slash attracting metal and... Uh, then his dick turns into a drill and he <laughs> he ki- he kills his girlfriend with his drill dick and then there was another metal guy and they fought and then they, this sounds extremely normal uh, it just uh, doesn't sound strange at all to me and then their their drill dicks merged and then they became <laughs> one and then one what? of them it was very strange. It's it's not like a it's not like a movie you'd want to watch. I don't think. Unless what in the fuck were these people on when they were like making this? Uh, I think they were on um, the Japanese psyche of the early nineties. Like, I mean, if you oh, if you that, watch yeah. anime of that time, like it's it's very similar. Where it's just like, what is it? like a lot of body horror and stuff of the time. Totally, like, yeah, very Cronenbergy. Yeah. yeah, so I'm not really sure what was going on in Japan at the time. I haven't done the research. I, I mean, if we did that episode, I'd have to do the research. But uh, yeah, I'm not whatever sure. it was, weren't normal. Yeah, there, yeah, so definitely there was like a, and I, I think it's uh, there's some there's sort of an a cyberpunk element to Tetsuo, but it's it's also in a lot of ways just uh, grimy. Like really okay. gross and grimy. It's weird. Well, it sounds like quite watch an experience it, I, I need to see <laughs> yeah, for myself. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, the subject of our show today is, of course, the Lord Guy. The, the Lord, Lord Guy. The Lord Guy. Welcome to the Lord Guy. <laughs> Which is not uh, a Flintstone side story. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not about. It's not about Fred down at the Buffalo Lodge. Old Twinkle Toes going down to the bowling alley. Yep. (laughs) But you know, Steve, before we get to that, we need to just do ourselves a favor and take a Mm -hmm. little pit stop at the Preview Palace. Uh, Welcome to the Preview Palace. (laughs) That's some quality sound effects. It's pretty good. (laughs) You've been working on your Foley work, have you? Yep. Oh, man. I think I cut this out of my second episode of Legacy of Brutality, but I didn't know this. The guy who ingri- invented Foley art, guess what? His name was Foley. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I did like it shocked me. I was like, wait, what? They just used his last name? And then it's like, <laughs> wait, what the hell did I think it was? <laughs> I, you know what the funny thing is? Is like I always wondered, like, why is it called Foley? But, like, how does that relate to sound that, in any way? Well, there you go. The guy's name was Foley. The guy who was like, hey, you could do I could watch the movie and make some sounds, and then you could add the sounds to the movie, and they were like, yeah, that's a cool idea, and then they did it. We'll no, they it were already doing that. <laughs> he didn't invent it. Anyway, this is not Legacy of Brutality. This is the Preview Palace. <laughs> well, hey, let me spring another one down here, man. You know the the makers of famous stereo equipment, Kenwood, right? Uh-huh. You know who started that company? 
Was it Ken Wood? It was Ken Wood. Yeah. Perfect. That you started the company. Ken Wood. Wow. <laughs> like, I guarantee you when he told people that name, they were like, Psh, uh, all right. <laughs> and then here we are later. Yeah, where yeah, people were just like, yeah, Kenwood. Yeah, yeah Kenwood. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, when it comes to the preview palace, we usually like to do sort of a themed segment based on stuff that we saw in the movie. But yeah. this movie just kind of treads a lot of the same water of stuff that we've done yeah. in other flicks. I mean, you, you got isolation, you got snow, there's mm-hmm. cults, yeah. there's religious stuff, there's Kids. you know some twists and turns. <laughs> and so we kind of had a hard time coming up with like, what could we theme this after? We've kind of done all this stuff before. So this seemed like a perfect time to get in there with our fans over on the Discord server and our Facebook group and do another installment of some FAQ time. Fuck you know it up! <laughs> Fuck it up! <laughs> it is kind of misleading because it's not like people frequently ask us these questions. No, they're it's just asking an, them when we ask for them. Yeah, it's more of an IAQ, like yeah. infrequently asked questions. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> or maybe a PAQ, a prompted asked questions. <laughs> yes. You know, because it's not like we get questions like this all the time. That's so true. it's a little bit of a misleading title. It would be weird if we got most of these questions on a regular occasion, honestly. Right. <laughs> like, Why did you ask me that? <laughs> so let's dip here into the well and cover a couple of these. Now, I want to kick this off here with a couple of questions by our man, Jason, over on the Discord server. He had a couple of good questions in here that I want to pose to you, Steve. Let's, let's start him. with number one here. You're in charge of picking the next Thanos-level big bad in the MCU. Okay. Who do you choose? Who is going to be your next mega baddie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I got an answer. I wonder what yours is. I think I've said this before. I think Doom should be next. Boom. That's exactly 100%. I agree with Uh you. Doom should be next. Such a cool character. Mm -hmm. If it's not Doom and they bring in the X-Men, then uh, Magneto. Duh. Like, oh man, like Magneto as a villain for the entire MCU worked. Oh, absolutely so. Yeah, Uh, because there's sympathetic elements to Magneto the same way there was the Thanos and stuff, too. Mm -hmm. Plus, it'd be so fun, like you said, to bring in the X Men universe into there. I really hope that we get like a mar an MCU level X Men movie. Yeah, I do think, I do think they're uh, like planning on that coming in in the next few years, but I doubt that that's like gonna be their ultimate villain though i i would hope doom if not doom if not uh magneto i don't know like uh we've already got Gal- rid of galactus Re- is a good choice yeah galactus is to bring in the, the fantastic four for sure it's, mm-hmm. that's and a possible surfer and stuff yeah you know yeah that's all interesting but well, yeah i think set up like adam warlock and stuff they did too, set so up yeah he's coming in they, they've set up a few characters that we still haven't gotten to it's also possible uh, and maybe they don't do this as the big build but i could see namor coming in as a villain for one of the future movies and then becoming uh you know because that's how namor is he's a fucking dick he's sometimes a, a hero sometimes a villain he just really only cares about atlantis which yeah, i guess isn't yeah. really a dick move but he, he is a dick. If anybody's read any name more, you know he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would totally go Doom, though. I hope they go that direction. We'll find out. Now, his other question here, this is kind of pointed at me a little bit here, but you can help me answer this question here. There used to be more of a guitar riff to open the show. There did be. Wondering if there was any reason it got cut out. I always enjoyed it. So, mm-hmm. 
Something that I think a lot of people that listen to the show might not know is that the show is titled Dead and Lovely after the Tom Waits song of the same name, mm-hmm. uh, which is a really awesome song. It, it, yeah. it is a typical it's Tom great. Waits tune. It sounds like an old werewolf grumbling in uh-huh. a boiler room somewhere Yep, in the 1920s, mm-hmm. like Dust Bowl era. A Dust Bowl <laughs> werewolf in a boiler room. That's what Tom a Waits Dust sounds Bowl like. A Dust Bowl werewolf in a boiler room. <laughs> That's a movie I would see. Absolutely. <laughs> So he has this song called Dead and Lovely, and the original theme music that's on a lot of the early episodes is just my little guitar cover of that that yeah. I made. It's just like a surf rock sort of thing. It's Yeah, cool. exactly. Like it. yeah. Pretty different than the original. And as the show started to kind of grow in popularity, uh, which is something we didn't really plan on, we were kind of like, right. oh, shit, we could probably get in trouble for this. And yep. even whenever you started uploading the episodes onto YouTube, we actually even got a copyright yeah, claim. Like, yo, got a copyright we're using... Claim. Dead Lovely by Tom Waits there, so you got to yeah. check this out. So we just kind of started getting a little paranoid about it, decided to take it off of there. So. Yeah, so it's it's just a, a shortened version. It's under 16 seconds, so it's fair use. Uh, maybe one day we'll change it to something original, whatever. Yeah. But uh, as for now, yeah, that's the only reason. It it, uh, it is a really good cover. I can't imagine why uh, Tom Waits would be Aww. upset about it, but his... Uh, it's his legal team you got to worry about. It, That's true. It's I mean, usually not the artist who's out searching for people to sue. It's their legal team, and the artist has very little to do with it. So. Oh, absolutely so, man. And, I mean, we did even speak very highly of him in uh, you know, his performances oh, yeah. in Bram Stoker's Dracula. And what was that, that movie we saw last year? The Dead? The Dead, the Don't, Dead Die. Don't Die. Yeah, and also he's he's great in that Coen Brothers movie, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. There we go. Yeah. So no. we're big old fans. Big fans. So don't sue us. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> okay, I got a couple other ones here. Um, ben Freld 13 over on Discord asks, what is the most horror-like scene in a film that isn't horror? This is a fun mm. question right here. Yeah. There's a lot of ways you could go with this. Like, yeah. One of the first ones that came to mind for me is like the scene in Kill Bill 2 where she gets buried alive. Yes. And she's like screaming and kicking inside of the yeah. coffin. And the, the camera shots show how claustrophobic that environment is so well. Dude, like the idea of being buried alive is absolutely mortifying to me. I would lose my fucking mind. I'd die of a heart attack before I died of asphyxiation. Yeah, for there sure. was a, I think it was a, a made for TV movie called Buried Alive. I believe, actually, can't remember who made it but it's somebody who who actually made good movies uh but i remember seeing it as a kid and it became an absolute terror of mine for sure because i like i uh, i have sleep apnea and i i do sometimes stop breathing while i sleep and it's a fear of mine of of dying in my sleep or just dying because i can't breathe and that's how you would die slowly in a coffin and yeah that's frightening for me, oh my god! I mean, for me, I, I would say some of the scenes in Darren Aronofsky's Requiem for a Dream are probably the most Woof. horrific, real life sort of situations to be in. But the thing that is most scary to me is 127 hours. Oh Jesus, because dude! Holy moly! I've never broken a bone. It's a fear of mine, as well as dying in my sleep or dying, not mm-hmm. being able to breathe. Got a lot of fears, I guess. Um, never broken a bone. Can't imagine not having one of my arms 
can't imagine just being in that situation uh Dude, but it's frightening yeah and, and you know that's a fucking true story like that's yeah. the thing about that that's yeah, the that... worst it's not a twilight zone episode like no. that happened this motherfucker yep. like got his arm pinned under a boulder <sighs> had to make the decision to break it i guess i cut my arm off cut it off he had to break it first can you imagine oh that? How much you'd have to psych yourself up to just be like, okay, I'm going to break my own arm now. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's hard enough to just like prick your own finger with a pin or something. Dude. Like your body naturally stops you from hurting yourself. Ugh. So to do that, holy shit. And the thing that would be like driving me the most nuts about that situation too is I'd be like, I'll wait five minutes and if nobody comes by, then I'll do it. And then five minutes would pass and I'd be like, what if I do it and then five minutes later somebody passes oh, by? Oh, exactly. That's how I, yeah, and I would keep putting it off because I would be mm -hmm. like, I, I don't want, yeah. Man, god damn it. Yeah, so that, that scares the shit out of me. It's like Tom Petty told us, the waiting is the, is hardest, the part. hardest part. It's true. Yeah, I, thought, right. I thought you were going to say it's like Tom Petty told us, last dance with Mary Jane. <laughs> I didn't know why. I don't know why Go that's how my brain ended it, but I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he told us don't come around here no more <laughs> he did he said that <laughs> yeah those are all very fucking horrifying situations here all right let's get to a couple here that were posted on the facebook group which people can go join by going to facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely yeah join ooh, the ooh. fun hang out get to participate in stuff like this all right grayson asks what is our favorite britney spears song other than oops i did it again that's easy easy answer toxic 100 percent. it's gotta yeah. be toxic nobody yeah it's, it's toxic yeah. without a doubt it's the biggest mutt of a song that's ever been made all yep. the production elements make zero sense but it all comes together it's very stupid yep. yeah into one really dumb song one yep it's great <laughs> i love it i love it I, every time i hear it i'm i'm like yep it's britney i love it fucking play me some more I ain't turning that off. Yeah, I always say. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's a big Britney Spears fan. I, I, uh, I never really was, but I did always like Toxic. I don't know why. It always is just like, why is Britney Spears like? Why is this a Britney Spears song? It just seems that so. That was the odd. thing that always got me about it. Yeah, yeah. It's like a couple of years ago, she was like a, a schoolgirl in a locker room. And now she's all toxic. Yeah. What that? What happened? Yeah. And then Christina Aguilera was like, okay, I see that. Dirty. Yeah, I'll see that and raise you a dirty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get some furries <laughs> in the background. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Do you think that like over there, over there across the pond in the UK. Yeah, over there. There's a little old town called Brittany. <laughs> That's true. Do you think they've ever like considered making their official slogan "It's Britney, bitch"? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think they should. Like you, you just drive in and there's a huge sign that says, "Oh, it's Britney, bitch." <laughs> That'd be great. That would be awesome. <laughs> I think they totally should do that. Yeah. Okay. Next question here comes from Maggie. She asks if you could see a reboot of any horror film slash franchise. Which would it be? Mm. That's a good question right there. Just a total mm. clean slate reboot. Let's see if we can get this thing back on track. You know, honestly, Ooh. for me, I mean, I would say Halloween, uh, but we're kind of getting that right now. Yeah, I really kinda. like the new Halloween, yeah, and, I do and too. I'm, I'm enjoying uh, what I'm hearing about the next one stuff. So right. we're kind of getting that already. Because honestly, I mean, and, and 
you know, someday soon we'll do the newer Halloween that came out last year uh, here on the show sometime. But people got really up in arms about that movie. They and did. They're like, I'm a hardcore Halloween fan, and they fucking fucked it up, blah blah blah. And it's like, dude, what romance do you have about <laughs> Halloween four know. and five and H two? Those are know. horrible movies. Some I mean, one them, is though. incredible. It's, I mean, it. You just have to remember about every single movie that somebody out there loves that movie. Yeah, that's somebody's favorite movie yeah. for whatever the fuck reason. And right? not not everybody can put into words why they love the movie. So we'll never really yeah. know what it is. But man, I, I really do wish people could explain their love for four and five. <laughs> you know what? If I'm gonna go for a franchise, I'm gonna say Hellraiser, just because yeah, that whole series that's a good one. That actually completely was completely fucked. That was one I was thinking of. Is Hellraiser yeah. would be really good and you still like uh um Clive Barker's still around. I know he, he had some health issues recently, but like, yeah, he did. You still have Clive Barker around. You could still get some like good guidance on where he would think it would go because that's where they really went off the reservation. There is when they stopped having Clive Barker involved. He's totally only involved man. in the first two, and it shows. And you it can shows. definitely yeah. fucking tell. I, uh, so, as far as a single film though, this is an easy one for me. Okay, I want to see. The Lonely Island remake the Wraith. Yes. Okay. I'd love it that. It would actually be the best. That, that would, would be, be amazing. Like the only thing that could make the Wraith better is yeah. if the Lonely Island was doing it instead. Absolutely. I would love that. Uh huh. Yeah. I totally. never like, even thought honestly, about that. They would just remake it shot for shot. Nothing not different. A fucking thing. You don't Nothing have to. Nothing different. It would be so hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> oh my but God. you'd be able to see how fucking stupid and funny it is when yeah. it's like Yorma and. <laughs> <laughs> Adam and yeah. all these guys doing these parts. It would be even more hilarious. I said Adam, Andy, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Old Adam Sandwich. Adam Sandberg, he's called. Yeah. Uh, for me, I I know this is going to sound insane considering I would say John Carpenter is my favorite horror director. Yeah. I would love to see his Apocalypse trilogy remade with it being a trilogy in mind. Oh, but yeah. I would instead want, of it just kind of turning out that way, yeah. right? Yeah, but I would, I would need him to do it. <laughs> like that's the only problem. Yep. I would need him to do the directing, uh, and maybe we just stick with the thing we've already got. Yeah, that's true. You're not gonna make that better. <laughs> yeah, you're not honestly. gonna make that better. You could, you could improve Prince of Darkness. I don't know how you improve in the Mouth of Madness. Maybe you just bring in Sam Neill and get a couple of insert shots where he's like shaking hands with somebody from the thing. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think what we're asking for is just a theatrical re-release yeah, there you of go. John Carpenter's Apocalypse Trilogy. <laughs> there we go. That's what I'd like. Uh, I would love to watch all, all those in the theaters. Fuck yeah. If you could if you could redo a movie, just a single title that I think... Maybe had some missing potential. Something that yeah. almost could have been good. I was Kind of like The Lodge. <laughs> uh, oh, there you go. Uh, I was going to say Pet Cemetery, honestly, because... Yeah. I really still think it has potential to be a good movie, but we haven't seen that yet. We've not seen it and yet. And no, I, I agree. The I book don't is think so they good. should rush to try it again, but when when they do try it again, which is probably inevitable, uh I just I hope it comes out better. Maybe third time's the charm. Maybe. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I want to get one more here from the Facebook group. We got a question from Joshua Robertson. 
This one's this is just a good personal fun question. Okay. Steve, what's your perfect Sunday? Oh. My perfect Sunday. Well, okay, so uh, Sundays are my rest days when I work out. Like I, I never work out on Sundays. Uh following the ways of the Lord, I see. Yeah. Amen. That's it. I was like, well, Jesus wants me to rest. I uh, and a lot of Sundays for me are really just like a time to fully unwind. Like, yeah, we record on Tuesdays, so it's not like I have anything pressing coming up. Like Sunday is just a time to just fully relax. So for me, perfect Sunday is uh, kicking back, watching some movies, maybe uh, having a couple drinks, just relaxing. And uh, yeah, and now that the weather's nice. It's it's nice to just sit outside. Uh, totally, man. Especially yeah. in the evenings. Yeah, it's so nice out there. We we got a nice little overhang, so we're not getting the sun directly on us. And man, I I, I don't know Sundays. Sunday I think is the perfect day to pick to relax because it is such a lazy day in the south because everybody's going to church and everything it's like yep. it, it's kind of like the environment is perfect to choose that day to just be like i am gonna chill just yeah, do totally, nothing man. yeah yep yeah and when i was a kid like i never really got the hang of sundays sundays yeah, were always so my hard. least favorite yeah. day oh it was the worst you have to go see your yeah. grandma and oh man yeah wake up early go to church mm-hmm. like dude Waking up early on a weekend is some what fucking the fuck? bullshit. Yeah, that's, that's some bullshit right there. Yeah, who wants to fucking do that? So, getting up early, sitting through a boring ass church service and stuff. Maybe there's a maybe there's a grandma visit or something yeah. after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like you know, come home and my dad would just want to like lay around and fucking hog the TV and watch NASCAR races. Oh man, Ugh, I hated it. And then I fall hated asleep. Sundays. My grandfather would fall asleep watching NASCAR races, and me and my cousins Absolutely. would all just be like. I think we could change the channel, and every time we do it, of course, I was watching that. Exactly. Yeah. That is precisely what would happen. And, you know, the thing is, though, is, like, I absolutely get it now, because as, oh, yeah. like, a fucking 36-year-old, if I was making all the money in the house that was paying everybody's <laughs> bills and, you know, paying for the video game that my kid was wanting to play while I just want to fucking relax and yeah. hog the living room for one fucking day... Yeah, I'd be like, fuck off, kid. Like, <laughs> let me have one day. Fuck them kids. Yeah. Yeah, so I get it. I get it now. So as a kid, I hated Sundays. But you know what? Now, where my life is just so fucking busy all the time, it's like you said, Sunday is the perfect, like, relax, chill, do nothing day. And I really, really enjoy that a lot. And actually, kind of during the quarantine scenario, we've had a lot of perfect Sundays because we ain't going anywhere. And that's exactly what I want to do on a Sunday. So like our Sundays lately have been, you know, wake up whenever. Yeah. (laughs) We'll, uh, we'll let the dog out, do a little dog walk, maybe get a coffee while we're at over at coffee and chocolate, our Uh favorite little coffee place in Knoxville. Uh, sometimes we order like a to go brunch, preferably from Ollie B some more. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Ollie B's like breakfast and brunch is just unbelievable. So, you know, we'll come home, we'll uh, we'll do a little workout there while we're waiting on our, our brunch to get ready, but go pick up brunch, get some champagne, do some mimosas, Hell yeah. slowly just gorge ourselves while we watch probably a movie or something, mm-hmm. drink coffee all day, drink more champagne, and then there's just kind of a lot of like lay around, play guitar, maybe fucking play some video games or board game, Yeah, booze it up, 
laziness, man. It's the best. I'm a huge fan. It's Mm -hmm. the best, man. It's really nice to just have a full day where you're just like, I'm just not going to do anything today. Mm -hmm. It's nice. You're damn right. You're damn right. Well, those right there were some good old questions. Thanks, everybody, on Discord and Facebook uh, for contributing. You guys can join up on either of those, hang out with all the coolest kids in the whole world, as well as your boys, Uncle Ben and Hollywood Steve. Yeah, go check out the Facebook thing. Let us know if you want to join the Discord page, and we'll get you guys all connected and stuff over there. Hang out. Have some good times. All right, Steve. Let's get on to the subject of today's show, the... Lodigi. Loja. Which came out in what, 2019 or 2020? Uh, well, it premiered at Sundance in 2019, but okay. didn't come out as a wide release until February of this year. So it's one of the few movies that actually had a uh, release this year. And it was probably in theaters for like a hot minute before all the movie theaters are like, nope. Bye. Yeah, it only made <laughs> $2.7 million in the box office. So, yeah, I'm assuming... <laughs> I'm assuming it just didn't get much time there to to actually make much money, but yeah, what was the budget? Do you know? I I couldn't find that listed anywhere. I'm assuming not much though, because we don't I would guess. Yeah, we don't see anything too outlandish in this. Uh, no, no big CG or anything, as far as I can remember. So, yeah, it's probably probably a, a probably five to ten million. I'm imagining yeah. they lost money at the box office, but they probably have made it back with you know online rentals and stuff because people did want to see this movie oh yeah it had a ton of hype about it and it it got all kinds of acclaim at sundance and Mm -hmm. it's it's the kind of thing that you know you see all these accolades where it's like best horror film of sundance blah 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 yeah but honestly like being voted best horror film of sundance is kind of like being best metal band at bonnaroo right well there's there's like one or two of them yeah (laughs) it's like when jethro toll won best metal album (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah you, oh okay God. so you don't know what metal is gotcha <laughs> so i kind of went into it with high expectations Me just too. because it had so much acclaim and like the trailer i thought looked pretty dope it, i didn't see really showed a lot of imagery and like themes that i love in horror movies okay. and there's a lot of stuff about this movie that on paper it sounds like it's a ben movie you mm-hmm. know yeah i mean for sure it's, it's got like all the all the marks of a movie i would like mm-hmm. but Man, I'll tell you from the beginning because I really was like I was the same as you. I thought I'm I'm excited for this movie. I hope it's good. And yeah. from the beginning, I was like, all right, I see some rough edges, but maybe that's like you know part of the way it's all going to develop. That's all going to get smoothed off. And it's like the end of the movie. I'm like, boy, there's a lot of rough edges on this movie still. <laughs> Nothing got yeah. really smoothed off. No, I mean it, it's obvious to draw a lot of comparisons to other dark slow burn family drama sure hereditary um, movies like like hereditary yeah. is, is easily the easiest one to kind of compare this to but it just seemed like it needed about 15 more minutes in the oven and they would have been on to something or maybe just having a better screenwriter go over it a second time and be like okay you could you got a good start here but let's change this and this and this well, just to make things move forward a little what's better what's possible here because uh, Sergio Sergio it's either Kashi or Kasky. He is from Scotland, but his last name looks Italian. Not positive how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> yeah, especially with with Scottish thrown yeah, into the mix. Exactly. Right there. You never yeah. know how the fuck any of that stuff right. is pronounced. So he he wrote a script, and then Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala, the directors, they 
changed a, a good bit of it and changed okay. the ending. And oh. I know that it's inspired by the Alfred Hitchcock 1940 film, Rebecca. I don't know that one. What is it? So, Rebecca, Alfred Hitchcock movie where Laurence Olivier is married to a, a woman and she dies and he marries a second wife and the second wife thinks the house is haunted by the ghost of the former wife. Oh, okay. That, so that does sound like that could definitely be an inspiration for yeah, where this movie started on paper. I'm, I'm assuming that's probably what the movie was meant to be, which is uh, my assumption because there are so many elements in the beginning of the movie that indicate we're going to be dealing with the mom spirit like the little totally. girl like ties that doll that is her mom basically she always dresses it up like her mom ties mm -hmm. that doll to the balloon and then releases it but it doesn't go up like yeah, she's yeah, stuck here off. on earth and then the little girl's crying like she won't get to go to heaven there's all these indications like the movie's gonna be about this uh, dead wife haunting this lodge while the 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 kids and the the new girlfriend are alone up there and yeah. you know then they're gonna eventually probably become closer right like the the kids will get closer with the girlfriend because they'll be scared of the mom okay sounds Maybe. like a pretty likely setup sure that could work uh this movie could also be about a dad who uh, uh want or a man who wants to get rid of his wife and his kids and he does that by inducing his wife to commit suicide and then leaving his kids in a situation that is basically a match next to a fuse. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a time bomb kind of scenario. Like, okay, like, okay. So he, 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 he leaves his wife for a woman who was in a cult he wrote a book about. Who was the yeah, only like surviving member of the cult. Clearly struggling with some issues as a result of that. And beyond that, she is definitely taking some antipsychotic medicine. Uh, I believe the reason she keeps getting nosebleeds is because she's on risperidone. If that is not the reason, I have no possible understanding of why she keeps getting nosebleeds. Right? I didn't even think about that until you pointed yeah. it out, but I was like, well, where were the fuck were those coming from then? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um... You're leaving her alone with these kids that do not like her. And I, from what I gather, it seems like they've never met her. That's what I got out of it, too. It's like they're engaged to be married and these kids haven't even met right. their dad's fiance. And more on, more on how shitty of a dad he is. later. Right. And then <laughs> right before you leave, you're like, by the way, here's a gun and here's how to use it. See ya. <laughs> I'm sure you won't get into anything naughty yeah. and maybe shoot my kids while I'm gone. I, I don't know. I just like, I don't know, man. As I said at the end of last week's episode, this is horror movie vomit. It really, like, it's got everything from horror movies. It's just like, oh, look, we ate a bunch of horror movies and this is it. It's just like, <laughs> oh, could you imagine if all these things all came together? And it's like, right. well, you could just make it one of those things and it would yeah, be a more compelling movie. Right. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that, man. And, you know, too, as far as, like, some of the things that this movie could have been, and maybe even if they did have that, that haunting element that you were talking about, mm -hmm. I wonder if this played into it, because this movie was in development at the same time as Hereditary. Uh, Hereditary got released before it, obviously, and this movie kind of sat on the shelf for a second before it got released. 
I wonder if they got wind of the fact that Hereditary takes this supernatural angle, and they were like, "Oh, we gotta we gotta zig where that movie zagged, Maybe. and do the opposite." Because, well, I mean, obviously, if you ever listen to the show, you know this is total spoiler turf. So, right, yeah. If you don't want the movie spoiled for you, yeah, tune out now. Yeah. Um, this movie, to me, after I watched it, I was like, you know what? If you're one of the people that watched Hereditary and was on board until it all turned out to actually be supernatural, weird fucking conspiracy, crazy shit. Right. If, if that's what turned you off about Hereditary, you might like this movie because in this movie, it turns out there is no supernatural element at all. So maybe if you found yourself with that attitude after you watched uh, Hereditary, you might like this movie. Yeah. I, I mean, because, yeah, the but the only thing you'd have to overlook then is... is the absolute absurdity of the setup yeah yeah and the try hard uh edgelord suicide scene okay yeah so there at the very first of the movie yeah. you know we were like holy shit is that alicia silverstone right oh my god she just blew her head off right <laughs> it was just like last very long in the movie uh-huh and you know what would have made that really significant if she had anything to do with the rest of the movie yeah, so why did she kill herself? And it's the kind of thing that, like, given oh. the dad's kind of suspicious, like, what the fuck right. does he do for a living? Does he I just, no you know, idea. quote, quote, unquote, fix women? <laughs> um, and, and then also put them in crazy, perilous situations that are obviously bad? Like, was she somebody else that he, quote, unquote, saved at some point? I didn't point? even like think about that, but that seems like that's, of his or something? That, that must be the only answer. That's right. Like, cause how could it be anything else? He he seeks out women who are emotionally broken. And it seems that way. I guess is cool with destroying them. Yeah, because I don't really know a lot of women that are like, oh, I'm getting a divorce. Guess I should kill myself. Right. Which is again why if this had ended with her killing the kids and then him showing up to the cabin and seeing them all dead and like smiling. It would have made more sense. Yeah, it would have been like, oh, okay. oh, so he's he's a psychopath and he uses other people and like he didn't want to have these kids anymore and he got this to happen. Okay, he's the worst dad. Yeah, he's actually he's the worst. He's one hundred percent terrible at being a dad. Dude, he's like, bad at the everything. First movie. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it seems that way. Yeah, because dude, like even there at the first of the movie, like after Alicia Silverstone kills herself. And, like, the daughter is, like, in bed crying and all that stuff. She's like, oh, you know, mom's not going to go to heaven, whatever. And the dad is like, well, really nobody knows where we go. Right, <laughs> like, like that'll Jesus help. Christ, dad. I don't think, yeah, like, nothing he says seems to be intentional to help. It all seems like he is actually trying to hurt actively the people around him. Like, yeah. he, he does the same thing to the kids that he does to the mom where he waits until the exact last moment to be like okay so this is what's gonna happen yeah and then like well you're just gonna have to deal with it and then like that's it like he knows how that is going to affect people right oh yeah and what kind of what kind of dad is like hey i'm gonna leave my kids for several days completely snowed in with and a stranger isolated. yeah and not only a stranger but somebody that i I know through my own yeah. research has some psychological damage yes. because they've been in a really fucked up situation. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then also too, considering that his fiance is the sole survivor of this like religious cult. Right. Maybe 
maybe you should take down all the religious iconography that's all over the place before you get there. Oh, God. Again, stuff like that seems like a setup to where, like, oh, you're trying to drive your fiance nuts, yes. right? And because it doesn't, like, that doesn't go anywhere, it's like, well, then. What am He's I just supposed cruel, to, I guess. What am I supposed to feel about this character? He's just cruel? That's it? Like, yeah. I mean, and you mentioning the fact that obviously his first wife also had issues. It's like. Dad's a sociopath. Yeah. He's picking people he can manipulate and use. I guess so, man. Like yeah. that's And, and that's it shows in his kids, too, you know, because obviously the kids are really fucked up. That's kind of the thing about this movie, man, is, okay, like, again, on paper, does Ben love movies where it's small casts stuck yeah. in a isolated situation? Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, I do. Those are some of my favorite movies ever. Uh, but the thing is, is like, all these people are just so hard to like. I mean, the dad sucks. The kids they don't suck. really have any personality. Yeah they, and then, yeah, then they turn out to be, like, actually evil. Uh-huh. Which is, again, that's a twist that is the movie, right? That's not a twist yeah. where it's just like, oh, but then there's more. Yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah, anyway. Well, and then you also have, yeah, the, the fiance, Grace, mm-hmm. uh, that is just... Honestly, this poor woman that has been in fucked yeah. up situations her whole life, and there is no redemptive arc. There is nope. no moving on past her problems. There's no message of just like, okay, just because you came from a fucked up situation doesn't mean your life is always going to be fucked up. No, she she kind of just stays fucked up the whole movie, and her past traumas uh, really do ruin her entire life. Right? <laughs> not really a cheery, optimistic nope. tone. Not, not at that all. a horror movie should be cheery and optimistic. No, it but doesn't like, have to be. It would make you care somewhat if you saw something redemptive in any of these characters. Right. I I think the only meaning I was able to pull out of this that might be something and, and maybe will resonate with, with people is that this might be sort of portraying the plight of, of women in society in some way where oh. basically... Uh, her obvious trauma and pain is dismissed by this patriarchal figure who okay, yeah. then leaves her to take care of his kids. So in other words, he's like, you're a woman. You can mom, right? right. Yeah, you'll be fine. See you later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the idea would be that, you know, women have all these expectations and um, like specific like motherly maternal expectations and things put on them by society and not every woman is interested in that and wants to do that. And you know, that, that message is hard to dig out if, if that's what they're going for. Yeah. Other than that, I couldn't find any reason for the movie. Like I couldn't find a reason to be like, it doesn't leave me feeling disturbed like hereditary does. No, huh? It it leaves me feeling like I was just ripped off by the people who made a movie. Like it leaves me feeling like they were like not sure where it was going, and then they were like, uh, "We'll just end it this way." I kind of have that feeling too, you know, because yeah. like also too, if you think about it, when you think back about the movie, there's not really any scares in it. There's also no. not really that that growing sense of like existential dread. Right. And just like deep 
depression and sorrow that you get from movies like Hereditary or even you know The Shining, where you just right. have this growing sense of dread. It doesn't really feel like that ever escalates per se. No, in this movie. No, you know? I, yeah, I don't feel a building tension. I don't. I don't feel anything really building because we keep getting different endings and shit like we get told by the kids that oh we're actually dead and he hangs himself and you know doesn't die and i was like oh that's an interesting ending but it was like beetlejuice but it's like (laughs) halfway through the movie okay um where's it gonna go from here i thought i was interested I was like, oh, okay, so they're they are dead. Like, what what's go- like what is going to happen for the rest of the movie? No, that it did take some turns that I didn't expect. Right, but turns out that's not it. Turns out the kids are gaslighting her. I was like, okay, also cool ending. Seems like there's about forty minutes left. Well, when yeah. are they going to go with this? Uh, but I I have seen Good Night, Mommy, which is Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala's first film, and I thought I knew where it was going because of that. Okay, I was wondering about that. I've not seen that movie, but I remember watching the trailer and thinking that it looked crazy weird and fucked up. I think it's like either... uh, Is is it an Austrian language movie? uh, Well, it's Austrian. But yeah, I saw the trailer for that and thought that it looked really neat. Is it kind of similar tonally to this? Similar, yes. And also plays out slowly and also I would say it's grim in a lot of ways, but it, it... I don't know, it just had a whole lot more to it than I feel like this does. Like, yeah. And by more to it, I mean, like, it was fleshing out one single story, whereas this keeps trying to misdirect us, and I don't... I just don't get it. I don't get the point of all the misdirects. Sure. Like, how are we ever supposed to care if you don't develop the characters, and each time we think we've got a handle on it, you're like, <laughs> no... Yeah, exactly. That's just like the movie is kind of punking you over and yeah. over, right? Well, and let me ask you too, like, considering that the whole twist of this movie is that nothing supernatural is happening and it's the kids setting up all these fucked up scenarios to drive Grace crazy, uh, how far into the movie did you have that figured out? Because for me, it was not very far. It became like Apparent. very obvious yeah. to me what was going on. I thought it was and a so possibility. whenever the reveal happened, I was like, well, yeah, that's exactly what I thought yeah. was going on. I thought it was a possibility. I, I think when I was watching it with Emily, um, I noticed the the clock had a way different date on it. And yeah, like, uh-huh. and I was like, wait a minute. If that's true, like either the dad is just leaving them out there or they've uh, they've been snowed in out there for a long time, it would have stopped snowing by now. Mm-hmm. He, he really started being like, oh, somebody's fucking with them. And I just didn't get the sense it was ever going ghost. Like, even though stuff kept happening, it just didn't ever feel like they were going for haunted house. Yeah. Well, and also, too, the narrative gets really unreliable yeah. Uh, whenever you find out that she's she's been taken off her meds, like suddenly right. all their their belongings and possessions are gone, right? Including her medication. So it's like all the stuff that she sees, uh, which some of the imagery is really cool. I gotta say, I love when she's out oh, there yeah. in the snow and she sees that like cross shaped house that has like her dad in it. Uh huh. Pretty rad. I like that. Yeah. And like even like all the snow angels out there in the snow and mm-hmm. stuff, pretty neat. But 
considering that the narrative is really unreliable because you're seeing it through her eyes again that's just kind of the movie sort of tricking you in a way yeah yeah i mean i guess the person we're supposed to identify with is the person whose experience we also sort of have and that that is uh, grace's but because of that because she never gets a handle on it and we never get a handle on it like she's the only person we can kind of care about but it's also like i i you just like once she starts being crazy because you know she's she's acting very erratic and because she's off her medicine but yeah, she's one, seeing things hearing things yeah yeah once she starts being crazy you it's like you no longer the relatability ends. Yeah, yeah, you no longer can fully relate to her and only feel pity for her. Totally. Yeah, it's just a pitiful character. Yeah, yeah. And so then at the end, instead of feeling like this, like having this feeling of like dread that oh no, she's gonna kill the kids and whatnot. For me, it's like oh, I feel so sorry for her. Like he's just like for it to be a horror film, I don't want to walk away feeling bad for a person, and and not really scared of anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, let me ask this too. Like, what do you think the kids' end game was here? Like, were they just like, I don't know, and then we'll drive her crazy, and well, Dad won't marry her, and right. surely she won't kill us as she's locked in a cabin with us where Dad's not around. Yeah, I that was kind of believable to me that the kids could be so naive as to not really understand the gravity of the situation. But, but then, dude, they were fucking masterminds exactly. this shit out. Yeah, so, like, the level of intelligence and sadism that they seem to show makes me think, like, you can't write a character that shows all this level of cleverness and and, and then can't really put together it's two so and two. It's so short-sighted. Yeah. Yeah, so, again, yeah, yeah, I don't, it's I don't just really hard. get that. Yeah, the, the dad's the same way, where, like, because he isn't maliciously doing these things, I guess, he's just an idiot. Like, that's... <laughs> so, like, at the end, the end of the movie, it's like, oh, so there was just three idiots and this poor girl? Like, what? Yeah, I, I just, I don't know what their long game here exactly was, and why they were okay with, like, you know, further ruining the life yeah. Of this lady. But but also too, like, I didn't really get the full thing that you got when you watched like the good son, where it was like, right. Oh my god, these kids are fucked. Right. Up. Like these are evil little kids that act so natural and sweet and kind. Like the kids are always very distant mm-hmm. and like they don't really have time to grow an emotional side because the whole movie is just them grieving over their dead mom. And then being locked in the house with this woman that they don't like. We don't even get to see the kid's good side at all to where when we get the twist that it was them all along, we're like, oh, my God, that's fucked up. These kids are crazy. Yeah. But it's not like a satisfying reveal to me. Right. If it that's that's where you you lean into the kids are crazy. It makes it more fucked up if the kids seem nice. Yeah. Yeah. I just I don't know where I don't know. It just for me on all counts, this was like a miss just except i mean it has its its positives for sure like riley yeah. riley Keough is great in it okay so that's something i was wondering about so you like her character of grace in here yeah well i mean i i think she she played the character as best she could like i'll tell you what i thought about her performance man the whole time i was watching the movie i was like they called Kristen stewart and she was busy 
Oh no. <laughs> I thought she just acted like Kristen Stewart, man. Like she has the same uh line delivery, the same like monotone inflection, right. the same like open mouth thing. But I think that's obviously what the directors were going for because everybody has that monotone delivery and just like, Yeah, that yeah. too. Uh I think uh, Jaden Martell, who's from from it, he's old Bill Denbro, old Stuttering Bill, Stuttering Bill. Yep, uh, I think he's he's obviously he's great. Fine. He and Liam yeah. McHugh are good together, but like neither again, they're the same. They don't they don't ever have a moment where they get to stand out or be like a character. It's really just yeah. we're a couple of kids and our mom committed suicide and our dad's obviously trying to kill us <laughs> and we're There's just, just monotone about it yeah the little girl is good but again uh -huh. kind of same same deal there yeah just doesn't really just get to do much doesn't get to like, do there's much. so much there's so much downtime in this movie uh where we're just spending time with them in this cabin just doing ordinary shit like watching movies or Which, there's that whole scene where she like falls into the into the fishing hole but we get none of that comes back we get so much of the the same stuff in the shining and the shining never stops being compelling right it's like what is the fine line that makes yeah. that work and makes this not work uh so soundtrack and shots <laughs> that's it i yeah, think the shot composition helps. the color the the lighting everything in the shining brings life or death to each scene this is just a lodge well and i'll tell you too like one thing that the shining did a lot better than this is set up and payoff so yeah. for example early in the movie we see the mom and the kid run around the hedge maze mm -hmm. that sure as fuck comes back yeah it does yeah yeah so in this movie whenever we had that scene out on the ice pond and grace falls in i'm like okay this is definitely going to come back Right. Like, I'm thinking maybe even, like, towards the end of the movie, you know, like, even after you figure out that the kids are kind of behind it all the entire time, right? maybe they're they're being chased by her and they fall in the ice, or maybe they're being chased by her and she Definitely. falls into the ice. That, that would have been really good, yeah. easy setup payoff stuff, but that whole scene is there kind of for nothing. There's well, a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a breadcrumb there where Grace falls in the water and the daughter is just like, my doll. Like, she's so much more worried about her doll than she is yeah. her future stepmom. But, gosh, that's a long scene to set up just a little breadcrumb like well, that. Well, I think, I mean, and this is this is me, benefit of the doubt for them, and it, it, there's no full indication this is the truth. She must have had two dolls because... I'm wondering about this, yeah. When we cut to the doll she's holding in her arm after grace has gone in the water after the doll that doll is dry so it makes is me that think a film continuity error or is th that it's deliberate? either a film continuity error or the girl was trying to kill her in which case that doesn't fit the characters of the kids we see later who obviously weren't trying to kill her yeah though i don't know what they thought was going to happen they weren't trying to kill or or is that just complete character inconsistency where at the beginning they're definitely trying to kill her and then they're like wait what we weren't trying to kill you huh yeah <laughs> huh what yeah. the what yeah I, yeah there's all kinds of little clues like that through the movie that you know I, I caught when i was thinking back about the movie after i saw the end mm -hmm. uh you got to watch it a second time so yeah, i'm sure you probably yeah. saw more than me but even like earlier in the movie there was weird things where i was like 
why is this like 12 or 13 year old boy crowded around this dollhouse with his little sister like that oh yeah and that's when they're planning what they're gonna do like uh it it actually even like it shows the little girl take all the stuff their stuff and put it into one spot and stuff they're they're planning what they're gonna do to her which i think is kind of cool like that's something this movie does really well it keeps showing you the dollhouse stuff which of course again nowadays yeah yeah you see and you just go oh like hereditary obviously but you know if i was watching this and having never seen hereditary i would just be like why do they keep showing me this dollhouse and then you realize it's like oh that dollhouse was their their drawing board yeah for everything that they were going to execute it was it was their little kevin McAllister map exactly yeah yeah like that to me is really cool and then even too like whenever uh bill denbro is packing up his suitcase to leave it's like you see inside a suitcase for just a second and there's like votive candles that framed uh-huh. photograph yeah like there's all kinds of weird things that, like early in the movie i was like why the fuck is he packing that stuff but then i just didn't think about it again until after the movie honestly just, and i was like oh yeah there was that scene where he's packing up all that stuff it's so elaborate for little kids to do though like right? so much stuff for little kids to pull off that i don't know it just like if they had leaned into it and really showed us that the kids were these like homicidal maniacs okay i believe that they did all that but then when they just sort of reveal like no we just had uh the super elaborate prank idea but we didn't want to like hurt you or anything like i yeah. i just don't get that sudden change it doesn't make hey, man. sense I'll tell you what, though. Never trust any kids that got pet shrimp. Come on. Yeah, that's that a good normal. point. <laughs> they should have had ferrets. Then we really would have known these kids were fucked oh, up. Oh, man. <laughs> Ferret kids? No way. Ferret kids. <laughs> we should just make a horror movie called Ferret Kids. It's Ferret about kids. how evil and wicked ferret owners are. <laughs> 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 Sorry guys, nobody thinks you're normal. You're not fooling nobody, anybody. Nope. You're walking Get around with a ferret. Mm-mm. No way. No way, Jose. Though, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, other the other performances in this, uh, Alicia Silverstone. I mean, she's she's here. Like I love Alicia Silverstone, but like she yeah, just doesn't great. have anything to do except no, drink no. some wine and then shoot herself. Pretty much. That's about it. Yeah. Now, I wish we would have had more to do in here, for sure. Yeah, me too. Like, if it, I don't know. There's just not enough characterization and not enough relationship building for any of it to ever hit home, I don't think. Yeah. And then Same see, with the dad, Thorin Oakenshield. Yeah. Seeing Thorin or- Oakenshield standing tall like that, I was like, what, who is this guy? Get yeah, what's out going of here. on here? Where's your shield? <laughs> and what's it made of? <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I just don't really care much yeah i don't either i i i i'm really confused by this movie getting a positive critical response <laughs> i know right I'm, like it's got like a 78 on rotten yeah. tomatoes or something like this like i don't know about that yeah riley q is is you know she she carries the movie and she doesn't have anything to do except a bunch of physical stuff like she really you know goes in with the uh you know walking on her knees in the the snow and all that stuff like she's really like uh giving a performance but she just doesn't have anything to work with when it comes to 
most of the movie. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah, and I mean, she did a good job with a lot of the things, too, where, you know, like, she has to, like, kneel on those fiery oh, logs yeah. and shit like this. Like, some of that's pretty brutal, and I really appreciate, too, the special effects makeup and stuff they did on uh-huh. her, like the frostbite all over yeah. her face. Yeah, uh-huh. that looked Ooh, good. Oh, man. Ugh, brutal. Very convincing. Like, you yeah. really kind of looked at that and, and felt it, but it was also cool how... You know, she was so off the deep end that it seemed to not even bother her. Yeah. I think once she kind of like, again, went off the deep end, her performance was pretty awesome. But the rest of it to me, yeah, like I said, it was just fucking, you know, Bella. <laughs> I, I mean, the second I heard cute puppy yips, I was like, man, they're just going to kill this they're fucking gonna kill dog. They're going to kill this fucking dog, like, man. Like, it's a horror trope that just has to end. It's so boring. We don't need more of that. No. We don't need more dead dogs. Sometimes it makes y'all. sense. Sometimes it makes sense. I am legend, for instance. There's yeah. a perfect reason why his dog dies. It's a part of his character arc. It's huge. But just having a dog so you can have an extra death in a horror movie is like, stop it. And then being so on the nose as to name the dog Grady. Yeah. <laughs> like from The Shining. You ever like, heard of on, it? Man. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a little too... It's a little yeah. too on the nose, you know? Yeah. I, I think, like, seriously, if they had just picked one of these threads and gone with it, the the cult thread, like, this... Yeah, very that, Heaven's Gate-ish. Yeah, absolutely. And it, if you have a suicidal cult in your movie, that's the fucking movie. That's what the movie's about. It's not about just ancillary incidents occurring because of something that has nothing to do with the cult like yeah she she could have experienced trauma from any number of different things that would have left a a fucking cult out of this movie yeah that's true yeah you didn't really have to go all in on on that she could have been traumatized by falling through the ice as a child or something like that that's enough that then being out here and then maybe having to chase the kids across the ice that's your character arc there's something happening. Honestly, like, you know what actually would have been fucking great is if we knew nothing about her past. Yeah. These kids go to spend this, you know, holiday week or whatever in this cabin, get left alone with her. And slowly and learn And then these we things. find out yeah. she's fucking crazy. Like, maybe, actually, this would be way better. What if they thought that she was just a normal person, but they didn't like her because they were trying to take dad, you know, she was trying to take dad away. Uh So they do the scheme that they come up with of like, oh, we're going to drive her crazy and convince her she's losing her mind and all this kind of stuff. But then it turns out, oh, she's been through some fucked up stuff. We didn't know what we were playing with here. Absolutely. That would have been better. Can you imagine that reveal? If like uh, they're doing all this stuff and then like we're maybe cutting back to what the dad's doing. Maybe we learn what his fucking job is. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, really. We we cut back to the dad who's like maybe he's researching the cult and he watches that video for the first time and when the the camera goes to the mirror and he sees that face, he's like, "Oh fuck." Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. Like all, any of those things could have happened. Right. Instead, but like given her nothing happened. Given her past, it's just kind of like, "Oh, well, you know she's going to go nuts." Yeah. It kind of would have been cooler if we didn't know that going into right. this, you know? Yeah, like the assumption is she's gonna go nuts. Like, yeah, uh, that would have been better. Or you know what? Even I think another angle that could have been really cool with this, and again, also would have kind of left uh, I think a little bit better message about people who have been through traumatic situations and how Mm -hmm. that doesn't have to dominate the rest of your life, and how you know 
you could even you could even use that to arm yourself against other situations that might occur in your future. I mean, what if she caught on to the fact that these kids were fucking with her because they thought they could drive her crazy and she kind of played along with it. Turns out she's totally sane the whole time, but is just going on with it, you know? Yeah. Sure. And then fucking yeah, maybe she even kills the kids and she's like, They drove me crazy. What could I do? Right. <laughs> like, I'm there's just a going lot of other angles it, yeah. that could have been could have been cool. Like where she gives a little wink to let him know, Oh, I'm fine. I know that you guys are fucking with me as they're being wheeled off to juvenile detention or what the fuck ever. Sure. You know? Any anything. Honestly, like just any any nudge toward a a, a story. Any of those directions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but instead what we get is just all the directions and nothing in the end yeah it's disappointing but it's also uh well shot it's pretty good looking man yeah. there's some good shots and stuff in the movie there's some stuff in here that i thought was that i thought was pretty memorable mm-hmm. um aesthetically that i did like a lot and just the feeling of isolation and the feeling of the cold is very 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 present like you know we're watching this in Tennessee right now where it's like fucking 95 degrees uh, and yeah. as shit. It's so hot. <laughs> and this movie made me like feel cold. Like even the color yeah. palette and stuff like that was very well chosen. That house is fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. It but looks again, great. kind of has that in common with Hereditary. I'm like, man, this house is sick. You uh-huh. know? And the dollhouse looks really it's – a, it's a really good uh, dollhouse. Really well done yeah. re- uh, reproduction of, of the lodge itself. Yeah, uh, it's shot very well, too. Yeah, shot by Thymios Bakatakis. Oh, shit. That's right. That's Thymios Bakatakis, of course, of Yorgos Lanthimos Projects. Those are all a bunch of silly-ass names. You know who I'm talking about. Director of The Lobster. Oh, shit. That's a weird movie. I like it, though. Yeah. He also directed Killing of a Sacred Deer, this uh, Yorgos oh, Lanthimos. I'm dying to do that one, man. Yeah. I've heard that movie is nuts. Yeah. So this Thymios Bakatakis... He's he's um he's got a great eye. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. And yeah, there's nothing in this movie that I thought was badly shot. I think Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala, who uh, did Goodnight Mommy, I think they know what they're doing. I just I don't know, man. I think something got lost here yeah. somewhere along the way. Uh, I I know that they uh. uh Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala came in and changed the script a lot. They completely changed the ending. I'm telling you, I wonder if it was related to Hereditary. I really wonder I if wonder, it was related yeah. to Hereditary. I wonder if that, that was it, too. It's possible, yeah. What if this did end with, like, the cults coming back or something? Or, like, yeah, it could have had... Or the ghost of the mom. Yeah. Or the ghost of the mom. It could have had any number of, like, simpler endings, and they had to change it to be different from Hereditary or whatever. I, I don't know. Because even just that that subject matter of what it must be like to try, you know, as a as a fiance to fill the shoes right. of a deceased mom or dad. That's exactly like that what, has to be horrifying. That has to be right. very hard. And that's exactly what I thought it was going to be playing on. That's why I thought like rough edges. But I'm going to see where this goes because I thought, oh, it's going to be playing on like how hard it is to step into those shoes and whatnot. Right. And maybe she actually gets close with the kids and then you know all this other stuff is happening but that none of that develops nothing comes of that it's all just like she has some interactions with the the girl but it just they never they never progress her character 
they regress her character like she becomes uh, yeah true like maybe why don't you just go back and make the movie of that cult that killed itself if you're so interested in it like that's that's a bigger movie to me than this i'm just gonna say kimmy schmidt did all this way better absolutely <laughs> absolutely why watch this when you could just watch a couple hours of kimmy schmidt you could i haven't watched the the latest one the interactive oh, the interactive thing, thing? yeah with daniel Radcliffe. i've heard that it's awesome i am dying to watch it man yeah but uh, i mean this movie had potential for sure and it did. I can get, I can get like maybe some people really get into, and may, maybe like it is really just my aversion to writers or directors trying to trick you with the movie. Like I just don't, I, I don't get that impulse to try to trick your audience because what are you yeah. communicating then? Like the entire point of art is to communicate something. At the very least, are you trying to communicate? You're an idiot. Yeah, like I just don't like to be. I don't like to be in that situation where it's like, oh, okay. I tried to follow your strings and you just jumped to a whole different thread. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, I get it. Cool. It's like, oh, you fooled me because you didn't tell me the story accurately. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was fun for all wow. of us. Yeah, because like, who's the mo- like the movie doesn't give us anyone's particular perspective. If we were seeing everything from Grace's perspective, it would make sense that we don't know what the kids are up to. Mm -hmm. But we're just being shown all these things from this, I guess, neutral perspective that just keeps us out constantly. It's like, okay, well, here are the kids, but we can't hear what they're talking about. Why not? Like, our perspective is neutral. We should be able to hear what they're talking about. So you're, you're taking this out, so I don't know it. Well, yeah. if, if it if it relies on you not giving me the information that very rightfully should be given, then it's probably not that good of a twist or cut the scene where you show the kids planning. Or you know what? I just thought of that could have been really cool too. Oh shit, this could have been really neat. Let's hear it. Okay. Imagine if we knew that the kids were going to be trying to fuck with her and drive her nuts, right? Okay. But then also too you know, it, we would find out later in the movie. It turns out she caught on to him. But then she started doing things to fuck with them, too. Okay. Yeah. And the kids are like, I see that. Did motivation. you do that? No, I, did, I didn't do that. Yeah, perfect. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, some actual supernatural stuff is happening here. Like, is this the ghost of mom? Is this house haunted? What the fuck? Turns out it's just Grace fucking with him. But, like, that Or it turns cool. out it is mom. What, what if then... Yeah, like, maybe that. I mean, that, maybe that's the midway reveal. Like, they, they find out, oh, Grace is doing this, and then something happens, and none of them did it. Yeah, it's like nobody was responsible for right. that one. It's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, <laughs> Mom's yeah. punishing us from the grave. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Like, all I could think about was ways this movie could be a different movie. And... Yeah watching it it was like the the movie that i'm seeing is not sufficient how could yeah. it be better i i didn't out and out hate it like no, there's I there's a lot of movies that we've watched where i'm like yeah you know you know if kate wanted to watch this on her own uh, if kate wanted to watch this i'd be like yeah you're on your own but yeah. like this movie if she wanted to watch it i'd be like okay yeah i'll watch it again like yeah i don't i don't hate it hate it hate it right um it, it's kind of boring and there's it just is. a lot of downtime in it and there's potential for a better movie here. It's one of those things where it's like, 
it's just like our parents used to tell us. It's like it, it's not that I'm, it's not that I hate this movie. It's just that I'm disappointed in it because I know it could do better. <laughs> yeah, you that know? is it. I know you could be better. Yeah, that is that is the that is it. It's disappointment because all the threads I see, I'm like, okay, like that's all interesting. Like, yeah. stick with one, and you've got a like a real cool, interesting story. But they yeah. they didn't, unfortunately. I think so, man. In terms of just like final thoughts and stuff, like to me. I would give this movie bonus points just because it does pique so many of my interests. Yeah. It's slow burn, yeah. isolation, small cast, possibly supernatural stuff, uh, some like Christian iconography and stuff in there. Yeah. There's a, a cult. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, like <laughs> all the stuff. This is all my favorite uh-huh. things, dude. Like, I love all of that stuff. If you had Ghost on the soundtrack, I'd be like, okay, this is a 10. <laughs> Just based on that, yeah. you know? I love all that stuff. So it's like I instantly like this movie more than I should just for the subject matter, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like I realize this movie is getting bonus points from me just because I like the stuff that it's about, yeah. you know? If I had Steve I in the movie for two <laughs> seconds, I'd be like, yeah, this what is What if dope, he was the dad? Know? okay there you go no it's all right but i think as it is you know i'm not gonna like rewatch this one a bunch uh after kate watches it i probably just won't rewatch it honestly yeah you know yeah i can't imagine why i would go back to it but yeah competently done could have been a lot better Mm -hmm. i think for me and again a lot of this score is just subject matter content based I'm going to say like five and a half okay. for me. Yeah, I'm about right in there too. I mean, I I do think uh, Exorcism, or what, what was the movie we watched that is my middle of the road movie? Oh, uh, fuck. Uh, oh, uh, Brian Autopsy Con- of Jane Doe. Autopsy of Jane Doe. I think Autopsy of Jane Doe is a better movie than this. So for me, uh, it, it's going to be like a four and a half. I, I really, I'm with you. I think like, it's it's got like all this potential it looks good i i don't know where it went wrong entirely but it it just goes wrong and and doesn't ever get right for me but it has so much going on for it in the you know form of the 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 shot compositions just the starkness of the the dark lodge against the the white uh snow and yeah, it's it's got so much great going for it, but it it's just not not entertaining to me. <laughs> like it doesn't yeah. it doesn't give me the feel of watching uh, a good horror movie. So yeah, I'm gonna say four and a half. Yeah, totally, man. And like I said, there's good stuff. I mean, I even like that you could say that you know with the outcome of the movie where like i said ultimately it's just kind of like well her whole life's fucked up because of stuff that happened to her in her past like that's really negative and shitty yeah um but then also kind of like the message where these kids fuck with her and it turns out she goes way further off the deep end than they wanted her to and fucking kills the dad and stuff right it's it kind of sends that message of just like yo be careful who you fuck with right <laughs> you don't know what they've been through that's like, an I don't absolutely think that that's a good clearly, message <laughs> yeah yeah it's like that's not a clearly spoken thing in right. the movie but it's, it's but there. i feel like it's there and that yeah that's a good message because yeah the next person you mouth off to and fucking traffic or whatever because My, they yeah. didn't use their turn signal you don't know what the fuck they've been through yeah uh, and that can be a very dangerous situation really fast. So I like that about it. But yeah, this thing just needed about 20 minutes in the oven. I think they would have been onto something. Yeah. Well, Steve, next week on the show, we're going to be talking about one that I have not seen 
golly, probably since like 2009, 2010. So probably at least a decade ago. Yeah. Uh, is the last time that I watched this movie. When's the last time you saw around our that next time? Clip? I remember renting it. Uh, Same, like yep, physically on something. <laughs> I don't remember um, what year it was, but it was it was around then. But yeah, it it um, it was a fun one. I remember, and I'm I'm excited to get back to it because I love Sam Raimi movies. Exactly, and see, that's the thing for me is whenever I watch this movie the first time, I remember being somewhat maybe just caught off guard because it was like a sillier tone than I was anticipating. Yeah. I was kind of expecting it for it to be just a full-on horrifying movie, but I remember being like, I don't know, this just has some dumb, silly, gross-out stuff in it that didn't really fit the tone I was imagining for the movie, but that's before I knew the glory of Sam Raimi and stuff. So maybe this time when I watch Drag Me to Hell, I'll understand it more going into it and enjoy it um, more Second time around. <laughs> so tune in next week and find out our thoughts on that one. Should be a good time. In the meantime, if you guys want to help support the show, go on Apple Podcast, rate and review. Helps us out a shit ton. Back when we had a lot of reviews piling up, we were staying on top of those charts and stuff. They really do matter. So Tip top on if the you charts. appreciate the show and want to help out without even spending a dime, be sure to do that. If you want to help the show out and spend a couple dimes, yeah. how can I do that? Uh, head on over to patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely and become That's a right. patron. Uh, mm-hmm. We just recorded a Patreon exclusive episode that will be coming out next Monday. So if you're a one, three or five dollar patron, you'll get that. Head on over there, become a patron. Also, if you're a five dollar patron, you get to submit a title for our random drawing, which we will be having soon. Uh, the fourth the fourth week of each month is when we do our Patreon episode. So get over there, become a $5 patron. You can submit a movie. That's right. And that Patreon-only episode is a good time. And if you enjoy yourself some early 90s kids <laughs> scary show stuff, <laughs> like per se, Eerie Indiana. That's right. You're going to enjoy the episode a lot. So get some extra goodies. Put your vote in for a movie that we should cover on the show. All kinds of good shit happening over there on the Patreon page. Please sign up. Support the show. Well, you guys have been absolutely fantastic. We've been dead and lovely. Thanks for tuning in. Hope everybody is staying happy, healthy, wealthy, and at the fuck home. (laughs) Be sure to wash your hands. And your ass. And tune in next week for Dead and Lovely. I'm Uncle Ben. I'm Hollywood Steve. And we're out. Bye-bye. So my friend Travis sent me a message on the Instagram Mm -hmm. that somebody posted here. It's over on Neat Dad, which is a fun feed. This is a tweet that somebody on there posted that said, My dad used to work with Ted Bundy at the University of Utah. And every Friday, my dad would say, See you Monday, Bundy. (laughs) And I can't imagine how much Ted actually thought about murdering him for it. (laughs) (laughs) See you Monday, Bundy. He had to, like, so many times he had to be like, I I could do it. I could just. Yeah, it's like, maybe you won't see me next Monday. I would never do that again. The caption is, imagine getting murdered for a dad joke. Lol. (laughs) It's had to have happened before, right? Somebody's been murdered for a dad joke.
<laughs> Can't be the first time in yeah. history that this like, has been an actual threat. Like, for sure, at some point, somebody was like, oh, I'm tired. And, and a dad was like, hi, tired, I'm dad. And they were like, that's <laughs> fucking it. Pow! <laughs> what you mean, Gein? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've been geening to tell you something. <laughs> what? what is the geening of this? What is the geening of this? What? Oh, dad. And then he was murdered. And then he, he was murdered. <laughs>